Howdy. Welcome to another week of Canon Calls. This week, I have the privilege of chatting with the minds behind the very popular satirical website, The Babylon Bee. If you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe to us anywhere you get podcasts and leave us a review. And lastly, if you're interested in hearing more about Cannonball Books, which is uh, the fiction line that Ethan talks about in the episode that he's publishing with, find us at cannonballbooks.com. Without further ado, meet Kyle Mann and Ethan Nicole. The Babylon Bee guys, welcome to Cannon Calls. I appreciate you again uh, coming on. Hi. <laughs> there are two yeah. of you. Um, is this the entire squad? No. Is, I mean, well, of... yeah. So Ethan and I are the only full-time employees of the Babylon Bee. Okay. So we do a lot of the work for it. We have, um, we have a team of contributors that, are, that write part-time and, you know, they have actual jobs. <laughs> that they also do <laughs> and so, so uh, we have a really strong team of writers but uh, yeah ethan and i are the are the core of of what we do here they make yeah, it they, they make a like, living yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other guys just kind of throw jokes online at us while they're doing real work yeah so it was kyle who just explained that and then ethan kyle man ethan team. nicole so you guys are as mentioned a, a satirical uh, website, a Christian website, I guess. You deal at least with Christian topics, etc. You guys are responsible for headlines like Wife Unaware That Movie Will Answer All Her Questions If She Just Pays Attention. Uh, CNN, Our Ratings Are Only Tanking Because Trump Is Killing Off Our Viewers by the Millions. And then Elizabeth Warren claims two men in colonial outfits assaulted her with smallpox infested blankets. I'm glad um, you're picking the non-controversial ones to yeah. talk about. <laughs> you know what I did was I th- I just picked the trending part on your website and was like, what are the ones that are really getting, uh, getting around? And then I think it was yesterday, op-ed, uh, an op-ed, things in the White House are going tremendously by an anonymous president. So um, <laughs> that's a little flavor of, of the kind of headlines that are coming out of the Babylon Bee. Um, do you mind just explaining to us who you guys are and i think there's probably a lot of people that want to know kind of like what is wrong with you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah we do have a little bit of a uh twisted sense of humor i guess <laughs> um yeah my story is not very exciting I, I i had a real job that like the real jobs we were talking about for like a decade plus and then uh and then just started writing for the babylon b right when it launched i just started emailing in articles and then within a, a couple of years, I managed to quit my job and take over as the editor in chief. So Ethan's a little more exciting. He's like uh, he's got actual creative background. <laughs> Except for I've never had a real job. I've only had weird jobs that people like to have steady income, so they never take them, or they don't they don't do what it takes to like actually get weird, crazy jobs that you have for a little while. But like uh, making cartoons and comic books and uh, TV shows. So yeah, I've I've done comics. Uh, Axe Cop. I've actually got a book I'm going to be doing with Canon here coming out here pretty soon. I yes, think sir. in October. Yes, Excited. Sir. It's probably my favorite thing I've ever made. And um, I make a lot of random stuff, but I've always loved the Babylon Bee, um, and I've always wanted some way to get my sense of humor out. That is kind of, you know, as an artist and especially working in Hollywood, you, you kind of hide it. Uh, there's no, there's really no good avenue to get it out there without looking like a total jerk. <laughs> but the Babylon Bee is a great way to do it. 
because it's kind of semi-anonymous and um and the audience gets why you're doing it and it's just not as aggressive as if i was just out there like on twitter blasting you know just blasting out my thoughts so enjoy it and i enjoy the <clears throat> I, like, I enjoy the scope of humor that we do it's from political all the way down to just you know kind of mundane stupid dad jokes and whatever else we want to do we can we can, we can laugh about anything we want because christian satire encapsulates all things because christianity is true wow a bold bold statement like that yeah <laughs> kyle i wish you had brought something a little more like that that would have been good um written prepared statements here so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i must say i think you're i think it was the father's day uh picture that set the canon office aflame and uh we absolutely loved oh the uh the dad our dad diagram is that what you're talking yeah, about yeah the dad <laughs> diagram the dad diagram is a yeah, me and ethan sat down and brainstormed a bunch of qualities of fathers yeah <laughs> and then he he did the art for it so did you guys recently move to an office? I was going to say, imagine the office is a fun, a fun place to be. Um, <laughs> do you guys have an office? Like, what, is, what kind of operation are you guys running over there? Yeah, well, we're glad you asked. Yeah. Because we <laughs> just got one. We, okay. we, we've, we've been working in a garage, which we've is like good. my board game room. Yeah, so Kyle is, <laughs> Kyle's garage. We live kind of halfway to Palm Springs. You know anything about Palm Springs? From L.A., not halfway from, LA. from New York or something. Yeah, sure. but if you know, like, you, the further that direction you head, the, it gets so hot, people melt, and there's skeletons everywhere. <laughs> We're out in that area where, like, and, and there's no A.C. in the garage, so we'd sit in that garage, and uh, we would die. <laughs> yeah, it's just so hot. And when we did the podcast, we'd have to close the door because of the, all the weed whackers and stuff outside. Right, all those dads. Yeah, all, yeah, those all dads. the dads weed whacking, weed whacking daddies. <laughs> Turn off the fans, and it was just like we just melt as the podcast continued. <laughs> or in a closed garage in like hundred degree <laughs> weather, trying to be all peppy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just coming we, up with killer headlines. I think the garage is sort of uh, it's it kind of makes it's fitting, you know that that it was just guys in a garage, you yeah, know, Apple sweating. Garage, Amazon started in the garage, and now the Babylon Bee. <laughs> check math. <laughs> megalodon what's a big animal word leviathan leviathan yeah they start literal, in garages it's a literal creature i just want to be clear is there one that starts with them um make a yeah me megalodon megalodon Me yeah whatever yeah. that was that was created by satan to test our faith i think oh, no, so. I think, <laughs> I think a behemoth behemoth yeah behemoth is the, that's not an m though yeah also, a quick question about the new office: Is there or is there not like a a, a miniature basketball goal? Uh, we have no. We We're don't nerds. We don't. Yeah, <laughs> if you've ever seen the lack of sports coverage on the Babylon Beats, <laughs> know anything about it. And so, if I ever do a joke about sports, I start googling like, "What is the sport?" <laughs> Just like, what is the one with the pointy brown, the pointy brown one with the white threads on it? Yeah, what is that one? <laughs> Okay, so you guys limit your your basketball exposure to the trash can. Yeah, we just walk, we actually just I walk roll, over the trash and I roll in my chair because I don't like walking <laughs> to the down. trash can and then drop it directly. <laughs> okay, like, so you so. guys you guys are not originators. It sounds like of the Babylon Bee, but you guys are now there, uh, kind of steering the ship. What is the history of the Babylon Bee? Well, it was created uh, six thousand years ago in uh, a literal a literal movie. yeah little six days um you know adam ford was a dude or is a dude we always act like he's dead he's still there he's still alive yeah <laughs> in memoriam yeah. he's uh he he created the babylon but he was doing a kind of a reformed web comic uh for a long time and That's then right. uh 
and then he started doing the Babylon B. And uh, I, yeah, I, I started emailing an article like the first day because he he put out a call for authors. You know, I was like a Adam Ford fanboy. Yeah, and oh, I was wow. following him on on Facebook and stuff. And so I just started writing for him. So I have been writing since the beginning. But uh, but yeah, Adam, the original owners, kind of moved on. He actually still owns a portion of the site, but uh, and and works with us and stuff. But uh, he doesn't run it day to day anymore. The Babylon Bee constantly gets emails like, "I have a great article for you guys." <laughs> <laughs> Kyle was the first. Yeah, well, first. And it worked out for him. It doesn't work out for a lot of people. <laughs> right. He was just do one for you. He just yeah. wore him down eventually. <laughs> yep. It seems like an interesting time to run such a thing as. Uh, Christian satire or just satire that's about all the things. Um, there are a couple of other major sites. You got The Onion has been doing it for, for quite a while. Yeah, they knocked us off. You guys have found yourselves in quite a, uh, a feud of sorts. Um, like the guys in the garage are actually these like bad boys with their hats backwards and like you're going around with bats knocking Those- Snopes mailboxes <laughs> over. Um, <laughs> It's 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 kind of wild, you, you know. Snopes, who is a fact checker, who uh, I looked on their website, they say that they are. Uh, well, the mission is when misinformation obscures the truth, and readers don't know what to trust. Snope.com's fact checking and original investigative reporting lights, or sorry, reporting. They need to comment there. Lights the way to evidence based and contextualized analysis. Um, in your dealings with Snopes.com. Would you say that their uh, contextual analysis is, is I was going to use a sports metaphor, but just really good? <laughs> slam, dunk. <laughs> slam dunk, a home a run. Slam dunk, yeah. yeah. Home dunk. A touchdown. <laughs> Our, uh, yeah, Snopes is, you know, it's kind of weird because to me, a lot of the problem with Snopes is that they've, they've come out of this place where they were, they were fact-checking these kind of easily debunked urban legends. You know, you'd get the email from your grandma that Bill Gates was going to give you a thousand bucks. And <laughs> right. it's pretty easy, you know, even for kind of amateurs like the people that were running. And it, it, was, it was a message board, you know, so it was just people posting back and forth going, is this true? Oh, no, that's not true. You Ni- know. Nigerian princes <laughs> needing help. Yeah, that's basically what they did. And then, you know, around, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, they started shifting to current events and politics. And the system that they use really doesn't doesn't allow for um, any way for them to really fact check when people misunderstand a joke like satire. So they start using that same method of going, this is true and this is false. And then they start fact checking jokes and it really comes off weird, you know, like, <laughs> like you're making this joke that's obviously a joke. And yeah, some people get tricked because some people are dumb, but then they go, you know, they go item by item and debunk your whole joke. And it's yeah. like, uh, it just comes off as that really annoying guy at the party. <laughs> <laughs> Who does like actually kind of, he starts all of his sentences with actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, just to look, I uh, searched the Snopes website and typed in the Babylon, you know, in, in quotes, Babylon B, just to see how many times you guys have been at least talked about. And it's no less than four pages of articles dating back to like, uh, at least 2016. Um, yeah. and some of these headlines, like, <laughs> they, they should be like writing for you guys. Like, uh, Joel Osteen apologizes for using Lord's name in sermon question mark. 
Um, <laughs> did Elevation Church debut a water slide baptismal? Question mark. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's really like pages and pages. And if it's not like actually fact checking what you guys are doing, it's at least saying um, one of my favorites was in the Babylon Bee added to the confusion of this. Um, it's really, really, really funny. Um, was Kovefe uh, a secret nuclear code? Um, they fact checked that. And surprisingly, none of those came out to be true. So it sounds like they got your number. Well, they used to say false. I think they've recategorized all of us, all of ours now after we complained. And they said it says labeled satire, which is still not a very good label because it suggests <laughs> yeah. that we're just fake news. But we're saying we're satire, <laughs> like it's ostensibly satire. It's like categorizing Seinfeld and some annoying guy named Harold at a party who's like, and it's both labeled trying to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> supposedly a joke supposedly hilarious <laughs> yeah and so that i mean yeah you look back 2016 they fact you guys we never complained because to us it's it's you know it's almost like a commentary on reality you know that that these stories end up being something that someone thinks is true you know because <laughs> right. reality is encroaching on our territory but the thing is that uh that yeah they did a recent fact check where they you know like you said they said we're muddying the details of news in order to fool readers and it, you know it's it, they called our site a ruse which <laughs> you're kind of just like i mean yeah kind of <laughs> yeah and it, so there definitely seems to be some kind of an ideological slant or bias that that is causing them to treat us differently than when they fact check like the onion or borowitz report or whatever yeah, that was a fascinating thing that we we realized later, right? We saw that they actually had tags on articles because they do fact check the onion. Um, okay. That was the first time they really blatantly that I noticed where they really blatantly kind of accused us of trying to trying to trick people as if we're trying to stir things up and and be fake news. They had actually categorized the onion articles under something like jokes or funny or gag yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And we were categorized under junk news. Yeah. Wow. So like news sites that are trying to fool people that because there are sites like today an article went up uh that, that snopes used to try to show that uh, to legitimize their labeled satire label that they use now right it was an article that said kevin hart paralyzed in car crash which <laughs> they just a real event that he was hurt severely in a car crash and they just said he was paralyzed so everybody would click on it like what Right. And it's like acted like being a fake article. Like there's no joke in there. But in small print on this website, it says classic joke. This is a satire site. So they've they've abused the term satire. And now everybody who is satire has to go on their on Snopes gets under that lowest common denominator of uh, of satire of labeled satire. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. Jokes. I'm curious as to like they kind of make you out to be. um like insidious dark figures but really you just got you're just like fun guys in a garage well that's that's what was so funny to us is that we're just you know we wake up in the morning we're not really sure what the articles are going to be mm-hmm. we're sitting at the keyboard and we're like oh that would be funny you yeah know, we throw it out and then uh you know literally we're just, all there is to it we're a couple of guys sweating in a garage <laughs> and there's like a massive team of fact checkers like <laughs> trying to counteract our, uh, our our attacks on democracy you know <laughs> like, or something weird the Snopes thing, as funny as it is, it's kind of stepped up recently, right? And it, I think it was the uh, the Chick Fil A. It was the lady that mentioned that said a guy, I think some Italian guy or something, told her to go back to where she was from, and you guys said used it with Chick Fil A somehow, and that's really it. Seemed like it kind of changed the game a little bit, where you even you kind of talked about it with the junk science. 
not just a gag. Um, how, how did that change, uh, like how you guys approached the Snopes thing? Yeah, that, that was the one that I was mentioning before where I said that they, that's where they all of a sudden had this crazy shift where it went from, oh, this is just a joke to, uh, yeah, these guys are spreading fake news maliciously, you know, attempting to deceive readers was the gist of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, we've kind of hit Snopes on our site before, like we've made fun of them a little bit. It's generally pretty lighthearted. We just kind of made fun of them for, uh, it's just, just funny. It's just funny calling a joke false. Yeah, it's funny. It, it's funny to us. It's not necessarily like we're saying that. Like we totally get that. Snow, we need like the internet does need a Snopes. Like right. Like I used him many times when somebody's sharing. Like, can you believe this mother is twisting this baby's head at three hundred sixty <laughs> degrees? And I'm like, Snopes. It's a video of a doll. It's not real or whatever. You know, those kinds of things are are great. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the question for us isn't necessarily like. Uh, yeah, should jokes be fact checked? Yeah, obviously people get, yeah, people get tricked. People get tricked, but it's like it. Snopes, you know, has set themselves up as this. They call themselves, you know, like an independent fact checker, mm-hmm. and that gives this impression that there are a bunch of like robots sitting there going, you know, like objectively <laughs> determining <laughs> yeah. what's true and false. And that's obviously not the case. You know, they they've uh, they've singled us out, and it's shortly after that that Chick Fil A one, they published this crazy study that would seem to be performed very poorly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it was done, it was, it was a study that was trying to say that people get fooled by satire a lot. And that may be true, <laughs> but, sure. the, but the, the study was done so badly and it was basically designed to target us, you to know. Get the result they wanted, yeah. Yeah, so they, they, you know, they paraphrased our jokes, took the funny parts out of them, mm-hmm. and then read them to people and said, do you think this is real? Yeah. And then <laughs> and they were surprised. Like, that and it wasn't shown real. on a website with a funny photo or anything. It was just like they read it, you know, a line, a dried up version of a joke. It's right. just a very strange way to do it. Yeah. And then when they posted it, it wasn't they didn't do the study like Ohio State University or something to the study. But when they posted it on social, when Snopes posted it on social media, they called us out specifically and said Babylon B is sharing, you know, some of the most shared mm-hmm. uh, factually inaccurate content on the Internet. You know, and it's yeah. like this study that's supposed to be broad about various types of satire. And it, it's like they, they had it in for us all of a sudden. Yeah, it does seem to call into question the contextualized analysis, um, seeing yeah. as that's the entire point of, uh, of what you guys do. Super funny. <laughs> so after the, uh, after the whole Russian collusion thing was blown up by the Mueller report, uh, we did this article that said um, the nation awaits apology from media that pushed fake news story for years, you know, and it's just kind of this article that's supposed to capture the zeitgeist of like, (laughs) (laughs) totally, you know, like the media will never apologize. Yeah. Everybody's waiting. Everybody's (laughs) holding their breath. And then the way that they summarized it to try to see if people were fooled by it or something was like, just, it completely missed that element of the, of the uh, holding your breath. It was like, uh, (laughs) it was like a majority of Americans believe that the media should apologize. And like, that's not what the, yeah, right. that's not what the article was, you know, <laughs> that right. is not what the article ever claimed, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So the, obviously they remove a lot of the jokes and the things that make it Christian satire. Like we'll put, we'll put obvious parallels to, to religion and Christianity within our jokes and our articles and they'll remove all that and just throw like a quote out at somebody. It's mm-hmm. really weird. I'm curious what, I, I, go ahead. I just, I do think a large part of it is they don't get the joke. Then they come into it. 
they 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 can't understand how we could joke about certain things that they think there must be some nefarious plot here. Like they just can't. <laughs> From the way they their worldview, that I don't know, I don't get it. Yeah, it's like these people be... are not leftists and they're being funny. Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't know. So that can't be the motivation. They have to be. <laughs> well, I think they also they see jokes as tools for progress and change. They don't see jokes as just jokes like that. You just, you're having, having fun and laughing is the point of humor. Like even in the entertainment industry, you notice, you know, people higher up in animation and in TV, they are kind of, there are a lot of them who are social justice warriors. Like they see these things as tools for change of society. So if you're using these to poke fun in the wrong direction, right. They're offended by that. So when they see someone making a joke, they, they think you you must be using your joke for bad because we're using our jokes for good. They they can't see it in, a, in any other context. Yeah, yeah, with great humor comes great responsibility. <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, what's been funny is that you guys have been, I mean, it seems like catapulted into a level of, uh, like that this is like on a level of feud. Um, obviously, you guys are having a blast and being cheerful <laughs> and, and joking and the rest. But like, you know. I think, let me see, the Washington Examiner, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Daily Wire, D- David French wrote about it. I mean, it's it's definitely getting the attention of uh, mainstream news. It's been the best thing that's happened to us, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's been great for the website. <laughs> I'm sure it is, 100%. Um, yeah, I, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, the the real concern, obviously, we're we're enjoying the wave of popularity, and it's kind of stepped us up to a new level of recognition. But the real concern for us is, yeah, okay, that wave of traffic comes, but it, you know, it goes away as it does. Uh, that always happens. You know, you get a you get a spike of popularity. Right. But then if we start, you know, if Snopes continues to single us out like this, it's possible that you know we get deplatformed at some point because yeah. all of social media sites and big tech are really concerned about fake news. It's like the biggest issue for them. Yeah. I, I don't think it's that big of a problem. You know, they think it's this huge problem. So if you get labeled under junk news by sites like Snopes that are seen as independent fact checkers, you can get demonetized and deplatformed. That's what happened. I mean, that literally happened to us. We got threatened with demonetization by Facebook because of Snopes attacks. Yeah. So this so this uh, new category for you guys from Snopes isn't more or less. It is funny that they have gone at this level. But as far as ramifications for you guys, it, it can be serious. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> Uh, like I said, uh, a year ago, um, we wrote an article saying that CNN bought a giant washing machine to spin the news in. <laughs> I, I can hardly say it without laughing because it's such a stupid, so stupid. it's such a stupid joke. I didn't even think it would. I, I didn't think it, we'd ever see it again. I was okay. like, it's so dumb. We'll see it for a day. <laughs> yeah. I, I wrote the article. I'm and insulting. I, and I, well, no, I was sitting down and I'm just like, ah, I'm all out of ideas. Yeah, it's like a dad I, joke. Well, I guess CNN is spinning the news in a washing machine. Yeah. And like the next day, Snopes fact checks it. and <laughs> says, oh, you know, the CNN, we can't find any receipts that CNN purchased a big uh, washing machine. This is false. This. <laughs> and, I love Frank, Frank Fleming, one of our writers, said like, I would love to meet just one person. If they could produce one person that was fooled by that headline. <laughs> I really want to meet them. So our, you know. Selling beachfront property somewhere in Missouri or something. <laughs> yeah, so the next day we get an email from, uh, we get a notification from Facebook saying, you know, your reach is about to be reduced because of this article because an independent fact checker has found it to be false. <laughs> and it, anybody sharing it got a link saying, would you like to share this article or would you like to go to Snopes.com instead? Oh my you know, gosh. It's just like, you know, uh, uh, these independent fact checkers 
you know, have an ulterior motive to fact check as much stuff as they want because they get more traffic because of it. <laughs> it is interesting when you said that it's kind of like they they see this as an ideological an ideological war. And there I do think they this might be somewhere where um sort of the enemy is a bit more shrewd than than generally we are, where um I think the discipleship by laugh track um has that's gone on in entertainment has been hugely successful. And I think they know that. So if you you know, if you see what are what is the joke from all from general whether it's sitcoms or not, what what is being laughed at? What are the jokes? And that them sort of training you, when do you laugh? And then like who is the corn pone? Right. Um what kinds of things are hilarious to the laugh track? Um, you know, I think uh as silly as it is and as scary as, you know, some of the ramifications are, I think they might be shrewder than us on that point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's what we've seen, you know, that we're kind of these popular comics who are making fun of the left. Uh, for years, the religious right, you know, that was the butt of all the jokes on all the sitcoms and stuff. Right. Because right. because they took themselves so dang seriously. Right. Mm-hmm. They were really easy for these sitcom characters or comedians to poke at. And, you know, and then the 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 you get the fundamentalist guys kind of kind of folding their arms and glaring. And oh, that's mm-hmm. not funny. You know, yeah. Drew Carey's old church lady. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and now that's and now that's the left. Yeah. The left are now the ones who are sitting there grumpy, folding their arms, saying that's not funny. And they don't know what to do. And they're they're mm-hmm. they're lost because someone's actually making fun of them. <laughs> yeah. We'll say that I think what you guys are up to is actually one of the more potent tools um if you know for whatever you'd like people would like to call them in the culture wars or what have you i really do think um this sort of thing is is really really potent and i hope like i said you guys have gotten a spike in popularity and i hope it continues because like you said it's um being unfunny not being able to laugh at yourself unplayful um that is the way you lose and i think you guys are right the old uh religious right did that move and and um, you know, not that they should have laughed at things that were blasphemous or unfunny, but right. at least not being able to return a joke or, you know, tit for tat. I know just from getting to know Ethan and, and his social media as of late, um, that, mm-hmm. uh, you guys are really into Chesterton. Oh yeah. And drop Chesterton like mad. And he seems to me to be one of the Kings of, as far as just what it means to go fight and be winsome about it and be funny about it and be enjoyable about it. Um, and so, like I said, I've, I've really enjoyed, um, enjoyed that aspect of what you guys are up to. Yeah. Hey, Ethan, do you want to talk about Chesterton for a while? <laughs> Anytime I get any comparison to Chesterton, I'm just like, yeah, you've made his oh, day. He's smiling. So <laughs> He's turning red, more red than usual. This. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of a big tomato as it is. <laughs> Bob, the tomato the type beard. character. Yeah, that's a VeggieTales character for all you people that listen to this that don't know that. And three, three people that don't know that. Yeah, I was going to say, I think this audience is going to have that reference on lock. So. <laughs> that's the one cartoon they're allowed to watch. Yeah. You know? yeah. I assume um, there are some maybe of that old religious right that would, that would want to know if what you guys are up to is a real, is a Christian endeavor. Like, I assume you guys are, go to church um, and are taking communion. Uh, you're not in church discipline, hopefully, but, uh, how are you able to do what you do and still go to church? Do you see these things as, do you see what you do as a Christian endeavor? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, our, our site is explicitly a Christian site and obviously we've gotten some attention for our political material, 
But, you know, I, I think it's really important that we also use satire to help Christians distinguish, you know, what the gospel is from what our cultural traditions are. And and that, that was the heart of what we started doing. And I still, you know, think that we try to do that. Um, I, th- I think, like you were saying about the the religious right or, you know, fundamentalists or, you know, hardcore Christians shouldn't necessarily laugh about things that are, you know, true. You know, they shouldn't they shouldn't laugh at blasphemy. Um, but what satire does is it helps to distinguish uh, what's true from what's um, what's just a cultural trapping that we've added onto the gospel. You know, so I, I think, you know, Christianity going through the 1950s and 1960s kind of started adding on all of these cultural things that you have to do to be considered Christian. And so for us, you know, we did it. We did an article saying that uh, that archaeologists found Jesus's uh, suit, you know, that that he wore while he was preaching, you know, and that's the kind of thing where people can kind of, yeah, that's the kind of joke that, that fundamentalists would have glared at, you know, years ago. Oh, that's not funny. But it's the kind of thing that now I think Christians can kind of chuckle at and say, oh, that, that is funny that we kind of think of that as yeah being necessary for being a Christian. Or just our constant jokes that Chick-fil-A is somehow the Holy Spirit's yeah. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite stuff is when you can take something and show that this is a sacred cow Yeah, and we can kind of chuckle about it. I don't know. Is, Ethan, are you under church discipline? I'm not under church discipline. No, I'm like a rock star. I walk into church. They all lift me up on their shoulders and they're like, oh man, you're so funny. <laughs> just kidding. No, they're just asking you to guest preach, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they're, they're fascinated by it. There's, a, there's just like a handful of people that know about it. And, yeah. there, and a few, even, even smaller, they're fans of it. And the, But yeah, my pastor will ask me about it now and then. They, I, I just feel like I'm being watched. Like they know I'm coming up with jokes as I sit there every every service. I always it's just antsy, nervous, nervous that you're going to troll them. Yeah, your pastor's a woman, right? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get you canceled. <laughs> yeah, can't. Yeah, you will get canceled. <laughs> well, since you asked, <laughs> so what? Uh, so you guys recently started a podcast. Kids. Yeah, it so what? Tell us about that. It's a satire of podcasts. No, it's not. <laughs> Everybody's just like, pretty is normal. it true? Is it false? I don't know. It's like this exactly that you're listening to right now, except there's no Jake. Okay. Oh wow. <laughs> and so, and even that part, we'll leave it up to the people. Like you know, yeah. we'll just we'll just see yeah, what the, guys know. We'll just see what they want. Really insulting. I did not mean to sound that way. But we have guests on too. But um, yeah, we just go into. Uh, we usually pick a main topic. Um, yeah, we don't know where we talk about youth group. We'll talk about um being politically homeless. We'll have guests on. All sorts of different ones. We had Kevin Max from DC Talk on, talk about old old times in the Christian music scene. Um, so we try to find things that are kind of thematically with what the Babylon Bee covers, but it's it's a fun podcast where we do joke a lot, but it's not in the it's not like a fake news show with headlines. Um, it's just discussion. It's a little bit more like behind the scenes. It's a different flavor. Yeah, it's supposed to feel like you're sitting down in the writer's room yeah. at the Babylon Bee. If we had a writer's writer's room, that would be just yeah. the, the writer's <laughs> portion of the garage. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll and we'll go through a few of the stories of the week, talk about the motivation for writing it, some of the jokes around it, what the original, what we're joking about, you know. Um, so yeah, so it's a little more more of a, if you're a fan of the Babylon Bee and have always been curious to get to know the writers better, see what you know goes on in our weird brains. Um, it's just uh, it's that, and it's also. I, I think I've always wanted a funny Christian podcast that isn't, or even conservative podcast that isn't mean spirited yeah. or that isn't too lighthearted where it's like, 
And there's like Christian humor is has very bound into a tiny box of, of very soft jokes. Worship leaders, am I right? Or you conservative, yeah. <laughs> or you the conservatives that are super snarky and mean all the time. And so we're trying to that middle of the road where like we're you know there's we have a wider uh, box of jokes we tell, but we also uh, you know we we do we take our faith seriously. Um, we don't just interview Christians though. We have all sorts of people on. So anyway, I think we're both pretty proud of it. It's been a, we're only like 13 episodes in, so we're learning as we go. I know yeah. it like skyrocketed the day you guys put it out. Yeah, it was wild. We we beat out Joel Osteen for a day or two there, <laughs> which is you know I think just the Lord's work. That's right. <laughs> I mean, not so, as quite as big as this uh, podcast, but I mean, you guys, I think we'll in time get there for sure. Yeah, <laughs> one day. Yeah, I do think the shrill. I think. Uh, conservatives especially have been definitely guilty of of sort of a shrill tone whether they're joking or not that just sort of leaves you like ah, i just got a shower or something you know it's just not it's not you don't like it you don't want to be like that person um mm-hmm. and so like i said going back to the the winsomeness aspect i think you guys are killing the game chesterton there it is. See, it's right. It's right back. To, we'd appreciate it if you compare us to Chesterton again. <laughs> yeah, you know, G.K. Chesterton. Um, <laughs> when when did you start listening, or when did you start reading Chesterton? Listening. When did you start reading Chesterton? I was actually in a pretty dark place when I started listening to Chester or reading Chesterton. I was um, it was kind of after I had been in a band and I had uh, I was, didn't have much work. I was pretty broke. I didn't know what was next in my life. I was living in Oregon and. Uh, I'd always meant to read him. He'd always been quoted in everything. And I was like, I got to read that guy. I read C.S. Lewis. Finally, one day I read him and it was like one of those few times we're reading a book and he was talking about wonder, a very simple concept of just seeing wonder in very small things. And it really kind of blew my mind, uh, had a big impact on me. And when I moved to California, I started a group of Chesterton readers with my friend Doug Tenaple, guy that created Earthworm Jim. Um, and a bunch of other artists, guys who work in Hollywood, who are kind of like closeted Christian conservative guys who are in the arts. And uh, we started reading Chesterton every Sunday together. And so we got through a ton of his books and it was a really fun time. Sounds totally nerdy, but uh, <laughs> it last. The group got so big, we had to just cut it off. We got so many people wanting to come. And uh, it, was, it was really one of the coolest experiences of my life, having that group every Sunday. That's really awesome. What, who did somebody give him to you? No, I just, uh, I, you just, I, was, just, you just... I, I ordered it off Amazon, one of those cheap, cause Chesterton is all public domain now pretty much. So yeah, yeah. you buy a Chesterton book off of, uh, Amazon and it's somebody printed out some like clip art of something that has nothing to do with what the book actually is about. Right. A basketball. Like a, a picture or... of a, yeah, an airplane or <laughs> high fiving. Right. Yeah, I think I I got a I recently got an edition of the Abolition of Man by C.S. Lewis, and on the cover was a dog with like clothes on. He had like a (laughs) scarf and a hat. It was like, what the heck is this? (laughs) Um, So anyway, if you want to use that content, you don't have to put my name on it. You can just put it. That's a free one for you. Chester's book called uh, "What Is Wrong with the World," right? And the book is about how you know we are like our our sin you know and stuff like that and uh, our desire to be gods but uh the the cover that my friend got when we read it was a picture of pollution <laughs> it showed <laughs> image like a factory blasting spumes into the air <laughs> it's just like i know precisely what this guy's talking about it's pollution. yeah oh yeah I don't, don't gotta read this i know yeah <laughs> okay so chesterton's obviously a major influence you talked about doug tenable 
uh, come into your group. Um, you guys are friends, right? Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, we re- we had him out last year or maybe two years ago, um, and we had a blast. Doug Tenable is the man. Yeah, he's actually a quick plug here. Me and Doug and Mike Nelson from Mystery Science Theater have another podcast <laughs> called Audio Mullet. And if you ever want to hear us talking about uh, our faith and views, it's kind of like about how like we hold a lot of views that are out of fashion, like a mullet, which is a hairdo. Right. And, uh, and how we rock it. We rock those views. And uh, so, yeah, check it out. I will say, uh, as much as you guys are under fire, usually... <laughs> Am I okay to you can promote like that? You're good, Kyle. <laughs> as much as you guys are under fire, usually it seems like Doug Tenaple's Twitter is like he is always under fire. He's like a guy with a Tommy gun. He's like that guy with the Tommy gun on Home Alone in that movie <laughs> on Twitter, just constant. Just yeah, blasting away. I, <laughs> as the uh, as the editor of the Babylon Bee, you know, I've got to be real careful. I'm thinking, you know, we so we'll do we'll do jokes that are like. You know, I know it's going to be like a hand grenade and everyone's going to freak out, but I got to decide like, when is it worth it? When is yeah, it not yeah. worth it? And I don't think Doug has that yeah, gene. So yeah. two, there, I think there's two claims there. One, you're saying that you do, you are utilizing discernment as editor of Babylon B. I'm trying to. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're not quite sure that Doug Tenaple has it. <laughs> I love you, Doug. <laughs> I'm glad there's, you know, I'm glad there are people like that because yeah. I think that's a very like, I don't know, it's almost a Chestertonian thing where he just, he would say things and you're like, whoa, you know, I was trying to, I was going to post a Chesterton quote and uh, I was like, man, I might get banned from Twitter for this. I, <laughs> he, he said something about, uh, it, it's a pity how few politicians are hanged. Oh, yes. yes. And I'm yes. like, <laughs> I love this quote. And I'm like, this might be against the terms of service. I th- <laughs> it just, it so just I, might I, be. I think there's, there's a place for people like that who are those firecrackers, you know, mm-hmm. and the battle on beat does that sometimes but we have to be careful we have to pick our battles you know sure because i think if you're i think if you're screaming all the time it's not as powerful you know but if you're able to do these jokes of a wide range of topics and then you're you're able to pick okay we're gonna we're gonna go all in we're gonna go rambo on this one Mm -hmm. i think it makes it more powerful can oppress we liken ourselves to uh we we at times can really turn up the heat uh depending on the topic and we've we've chosen november to be a particular time of the year where there's no qualifications. Um, at yeah, least. No, no quarter, no quarter November. Yes, sir. So one of the great parts was the very first blog, the very first sentence he quoted um, H.L. Mencken when he said that there's no problems in the public school system that can't be solved by burning all the schools and hanging all the teachers. And the FBI showed up like oh three weeks later. <laughs> and uh, had a chat. So that was, we we thought, wow, this is, uh, I mean, we didn't get Snopes, but we thought, you know, the FBI showed up. So would you say you guys are being a bit of a loose cannon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you able that, to edit it? That is wrong? the kind of, you know, <laughs> that is the red meat that you will find on this, on this, on this site. Um, but uh, <laughs> what's that? So edit in some crickets, maybe. Yeah, that we should do that. Um, and as Ethan said earlier, we, we are going to be uh, speaking, if there's another pun available here for Cannonball Books, the fiction line, um, fiction imprint at Cannon Press, uh, Ollie Possum. Yeah. And I had a ball writing it. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> it just continues. And I think, Kyle, uh, you were on the receiving end of a, of a package that exploded from, from me. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I got one of those uh, deranged packages from a deranged person. I was trying to send explosives <laughs> through the mail. Oh, and it man. Was, but it was just spaghetti sauce, not a, yeah. not, not a it's, bomb. It's lasagna sauce. It's like the most lasagna. delicious of... Uh, I haven't eaten mine because I'm holding on to it because it's like a memory. So yes. I don't know how that'll last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, uh, to go with Ethan's book, we uh, put together like a marketing package and we kind of went all out with like, we made a one sheet, a menu item, which one of his characters uh, has a uh, an Italian restaurant. And so we made his one sheet, you know, all the information out of the book. We put it on the menu and uh, we sent out some uh, pasta sauce, I guess, with a new label on it and everything else. And we sent it to, uh, and man, Ethan, your list was super impressive um, to folks okay. that Ethan would love to have blurb his book. <laughs> And now I sit like at night, like one of those last, either in the shower, you know, the last thing you think about before you go to sleep of like how many people, how many of their boxes exploded? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, will this affect his, will this affect the reviews? I didn't know you guys were going to do that. I had no idea uh, that they, and I didn't even know I was going to be getting a book at that time. Right. I'd almost forgotten that it existed because it had been so long. <laughs> and suddenly in the mail, I get this, the first thing I pull out is the pasta sauce. And I'm like, I'm looking at it, I'm going, what is this? And I realized like, that's a character that I drew. <laughs> Pasta sauce. And I was so confused. But yeah, it was so cool. I started, you know, there's a menu and then the book. It's, it's, it's really rewarding when you've written a book to suddenly hold it in your hands and realize how many pages were actually in it. It's a big I, book. Yeah, I'm like, holy cow, I wrote this. And I drew all those pictures. But yeah, it's pretty exciting. You should have sent a possum. I yeah. <laughs> I would love to team up with those people. Like there's those companies that have possums that like raise possums and you can pet them and stuff and i'll just do like book signings with a possum you can pet the marketing opportunities are endless here yeah uh we hope maybe i mean maybe we do an apron you know um but yeah look for that november uh november release or no october and october. october yeah because it's a halloween very yes. halloween themed yes but yeah we still went to kyle because we wanted him to endorse it so yeah. hope, I think he may have liked it. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Well, hard to read him. I really liked the hundred dollar bill you guys slipped in the <laughs> in the in the sauce when you pour yeah, the sauce. Yeah, out that's right. To wash it off. Yeah. But no, I I mean I I read the book. I read it in like two hours or something. Which I read fast, but that one it was super easy to read. And uh, I wrote it in two years. He read it in two hours. So good job spending two years of your life <laughs> on something that I just read in two hours. I read it on a plane and. Uh, I, I I love how um, I love how fiction you can you can communicate Christian values and a Christian worldview in um, in a way that's not like beating you over the head with it. Sure, you know, hmm. and and there's things in there about you know family and sacrifice and I think that and bravery, you know, that are really important for kids to learn and for anybody really. I, I love. <laughs> I know it's like nerdy to like like sci-fi and fantasy and like <laughs> and to read kids books and stuff, but I do that all the time. I'm always yeah. reading, you know. H.G. Wells and, and Vern, and I, I, I love that. So anyway, if I can just plug Ethan's book for a second. <laughs> we really sure. appreciate that. And and more money is is on the way. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no, awesome. we you won't you won't get the nerd the nerd accusation, at least uh, over here. We we um we're definitely I mean Yeah, he is mean to me. <laughs> Makes fun of Star Wars t shirts and stuff. <laughs> you know, and maybe that is worth being made fun of. Um <laughs> Well, listen, guys, thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you for your time. And uh, go, so you guys are obviously at the Babylon Bee. Uh, Ethan, you've got several other books. Anything you want to plug? 
We did a lot of plugging. I'm pretty happy with the amount of plugging that we've done here. Okay. Do you just yeah. not want to talk about that bears want to kill you? Oh, yeah. I have a, that, that book. Do you have, have any one? more, though? <laughs> well, yeah. The weird thing is that I'm almost out of them, so I guess that's why I'm not plugging it as much anymore. I, I, I do want to do a second printing, but I have to come up with money. Are we going to have to drive to LAX again and pick yeah, up? He helped me from this weird, like, pick up the the two pounds the of CD books. warehouse. Yeah, <laughs> we already did that. Nobody, one. nobody helps you move, but Kyle's like one of those nice guys who, like, when I'm like, hey, I got to move a bunch of stuff. I got to drive really far. He's like, I guess after nobody commented, he's like, I'll help you. Yeah, <laughs> I did not comment like that. I said, I'll help you. He's, yeah, he's much more cheerful about it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, yeah. Kyle. Anything you're doing? What are you What are you up to? Sorry, yeah, and that bears one because he's on Amazon. You can search that and you'll Ethan, find it. It's my turn it's now, Kyle's turn. Sorry, it's my turn to plug. It's a great book. No, I don't have anything to plug. But <laughs> BabylonB.com, we've got a. Uh, we do have subscriptions that help support us in the face of stuff from Snopes and that kind of opposition. So if anybody wants to help support us, we always appreciate it. Some of your readers might like uh, this T-shirt that I drew that's on our store. It's got like it's like Mount Rushmore, but it's got like Chesterton and C.S. Lewis and Tolkien yeah, and Mount Rightmore. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You guys do have a store now. Is is the dad shirt in there? Isn't that the dad? Yep, that, dad shirts in there. I that's mean, one that's of top sellers, man. Yeah. It's a must-have. It's a must-have. I got it for my dad. Oh, nice, nice. So Father's Day's you know nowhere near, but it's you know no better time <laughs> than to start planning months out. Uh, yeah, every Father's Day in the patriarchy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot.